0: I <laughs> guess that's the silent, most silent we're getting. Um,
1: when, yeah. By silence, I mean licking your butt, Bama. You may not have a film but we're here for a
2: real education. The
1: Musical. Welcome, listeners, to another episode of Real Education. The The Musical! musical. One of your hosts, Wendy, joined as always by my compatriots in choreography,
3: Mike <laughs> and Vinny. <laughs> Who are we? What it's, are we doing? Like, what's do going we on need here? To
1: rehearse this. Vinny
3: usually goes next. We take <laughs> fun.
1: <laughs> and uh, this week we continue with the Fosse Apocalypse. Fosse, Fosse, Fosse.
0: Yeah. Episode, something uh, however many it's been. I don't well, know.
1: I don't, well, let's see. We four
0: or sp- five. Kiss
1: Me, Kate. Pajama Game. Damn Yankees. So this is four. Nice. It's four. We're continuing. We're skipping over How to Succeed in Business.
3: In I guess not.
1: Oh, my sister Eileen.
3: That's what it was. I was like, I feel like there was one in between before we got to Pajama Game.
1: Yeah. Yep. So this is number five. We're skipping over over how to succeed in business without really trying because he's not credited on the movie at all. And, well, then um, I don't
3: give a shit. Then fuck um, that movement.
1: Like we might, we might come back to it. It's yeah. Fosse adjacent. He choreographed the Broadway play. Um, it
3: probably at some point be worth watching, just because I don't know anything about it at all. Same. Well, and,
1: um, I will. I'm being a little dismissive, and I I shouldn't be because he fixed the Broadway show, uh, and his choreography was iconic and brought the like. He solved show problems with clever choreography. So, the success of the show is in no small part due to his choreography. It's just, I'm not sure how much the movie is a good representation of, of what he did there. So, yeah.
0: Well, all yeah. violent points. I mean, maybe we return, we circle back around to it. Exactly. But.
1: So, um, so, tonight, today, this episode, whenever you're listening, is Sweet Charity. Sweet
0: okay. Charity.
1: Have either?
0: Nope. Like I said, the only time, the only thing that rings a bell from that title is the Mister Bungle song, "Sweet Charity," which I don't think has
3: anything to do with this. It's just <laughs> the same title. Don't, don't even know that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. I know nothing about this one. Okay. Yeah, Fosse's involved somehow. Okay. Directed, right?
1: You don't know who's in it. No songs from it.
3: I know we. I mean, it, we've obviously talked about it before, and I think this was his first directing one, right? Yes, it, this is his directorial debut. I mean, remember us talking don't know that about that. We talked about it because I asked you last week. Was yeah, is like, that uh kind of what the chronology of things were? But otherwise, yeah, I don't know. I don't know shit. Yeah, I
0: feel like I will recognize stuff from it. Like I feel like so far every single one that I haven't seen, like okay, well, like at least something like. Tickles my memory, but I don't know anything going in.
1: There are going to be a couple of numbers that I'll be surprised if you guys don't go... Yeah. Oh, that's from this. Because there are some...
0: That's kind of what I figured.
1: There are some definite uh, musical theater <laughs> cliches and touchstones that come from this. This is probably... Like, this is Fosse coming off of his most prolific... uh, Like, this really long run on Broadway with him and Gwen. He... This is... This is, like, right at the apex of his and Gwen's partnership and collaboration. Because he did Damn Yankees with Gwen in 1955. And then they did New Girl in Town. And then they did Redhead, which were both Gwen Verdon starring uh, vehicles. Redhead was his first time directing a Broadway play that was in 1960. Then he went back and he choreographed in 61 how to succeed. So he was doing all this work on Broadway and Gwen was a major star and he was in fact getting a little frustrated because everybody's like, "Oh, Gwen Verdon." He's like, "Uh, she's great because
0: Yeah, like, I, uh, excuse me.
1: Um, what you love? Did you you I, see what I had her do? Yeah, exactly. Which do we remember his complaint like when you choreograph yeah, yeah. for a soloist, they see the soloist. And right. so that was a thing that kind of was in there a little bit so then gwen took time off to have a baby and be like live a life and she and bob were working on finding the perfect property for to do one more comeback show like because she was getting older
3: right
1: she was 41 when sweet charity opened which is a little old for the character but it's fucking gwen Verdon. she can do
0: whatever she wants
1: um and it's not necessarily too old. So she took 11 years off and then came back, took Broadway by storm doing Sweet Charity and then 3 years 3 years later they made the film version. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. By that point she's 44 and mm-hmm. the studio's like Yeah. No. So Let's hang it up. Yeah, so we're going to get somebody else. Do you know who that person was?
3: Nope. Mm-hmm. No.
1: Shirley MacLaine.
3: Oh, oh shit. Okay. okay.
1: And we... I mean, I do know that
3: person. Yeah.
1: And do we remember how Shirley MacLaine is connected to Fosse?
3: Uh... Understudy... For... Oh, yeah, yeah. Um... Carol Haney? Is Yes. That right? For Pajama Game? Yes. Yeah, got it. I remember because we had a I'm glad a, you a, remembered it. Cause... Well, we had a discussion about it because I had misread something. Yeah, that's right. Um... And, I remember uh, the
0: circumstances of the discussion,
3: not the actual. Yeah, yeah that's why I was going like, I know it was details. somebody that we really like, and I know that it was one of the musicals we really like, and I yeah. know it was still in the Fosse stuff, so yeah.
1: So, yeah. Sh- Shirley MacLaine was a huge star by this point. She um, She went on for Carol Haney, got discovered, five-year contract, movie contract, and she went on to get three Oscar nominations in short order. Like, she did The Apartment, she did all these movies, she was... A big star. So when they when she got cast, she used her influence to say, I want Fossey to direct.
3: Oh, nice. That's awesome. Yeah.
1: And so I'll leave it there. There's a lot, there's a lot more there, of course, but just knowing that. So that's how Bob Fossey got his first directorial gig is because Shirley McLean was like, You should let Bob Fossey do this, because it's his show. He directed and choreographed it for Broadway, and even helped write it.
3: Yeah. How big of a gap is there? We talked about this. There's a pretty big gap, right, between um,
1: Damn Yankees and (laughs) this. Yeah, it's like 11 years. years.
3: years. So um, I guess that explains it. I'm just thinking about in terms of um, this is a guy who has proven that he can work on film already. Like Fossey has, because he's—I mean—at least choreographed for this. Choreographed. He's directed for the stage. I just feel like it would be like—it's crazy that it would take like that this long. Yeah, yeah, or or somebody like McLean using her influence to get to get him like even a shot at it.
1: I mean, but remember, he was doing Broadway hit after Broadway hit with Gwen. Yeah. And looking for the next property, always looking. Um, mm-hmm. So that's part of why there was that gap. Is in that in that gap, Gwen did two more major shows that she absolutely killed it. Oh, I
3: didn't mean that like he didn't get to work for ten years or something. I meant more like that. That's what it took to get him on this particular movie, and not that like was it something he wanted.
1: We'll get into that. Okay. And um, But let's also <laughs> a remember of <laughs> just because you can direct for stage doesn't mean you can direct for movies, because do we remember? Yeah, we've seen that. George Abbott directing Damn Yankees yeah. was a dud. Right.
3: We'll yeah. talk about this more later. Yeah. So, um, I think we're all going to have a lot to say.
1: Um, yeah. I have a feeling this one, you're going to have some things to say about it. So let's get on it and watch uh, Shirley MacLaine in Sweet Charity.
2: Sweet Charity. She's, a band, she's, a support, she's a that's Sweet Charity, the big Broadway musical comedy, and now on the screen, Sweet Charity, starring Shirley MacLaine. All the spectacle, all the songs, all the sensational dances that made Sweet Charity such a hit, All the romance and laughter by Neil Simon, author of The Odd Couple. All are yours to enjoy to the fullest in the screen's great new musical of today and tomorrow, Sweet Charity. Let yourself go with these great hits. Hey, Big Spender, Rich Man's Fruit, Sammy Davis Jr. in The Rhythm of Life. We'll feel the rhythm of life. love to cry at weddings, I'm a Brass Band, and many more. Brought to the screen by Broadway's brilliant Bob Fosse with excitement unmatched in any musical ever. Hey, Big Spender! Spend a little time with me. Sweet Charity in 70mm Panavision, Technicolor, and Stereophonic Sound. Sweet Charity.
1: How's it, it, palsy? Yeah. If they could see me now.
3: <laughs> yeah. All
1: um, right, so what numbers did you recognize?
3: Well, that one for sure. Yeah. Um, Big hey, Spender. Yeah. Of course. Mm-hmm. Um... And uh, what's uh, Brass Band?
1: I'm a Brass Band? Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah, no, I didn't like, know that one. I don't know that I, like, not like I recognize the other two for sure, but I was kind of like, this sounds, like it sounded familiar. Um, not like the other two, though, but like was definitely like, oh, that's when like the, the oh, that's when this is from. I guess, from yeah, moments. the Brass
0: Band one was familiar in a way that just those types of songs are, but not that one specifically.
1: What about, uh, there's got to be something better than this? No? No? Okay. Not to me. I love that song, but.
3: <laughs> <laughs> definitely, yeah, definitely. Uh, you want to know where I know if they can see me now from?
1: What?
3: The Kathy Lee Gifford com- uh, Carnival Cruise commercial from, like, the 80s.
1: <laughs> oh, that's awful.
3: Damn, <laughs> yeah, I'm not proud of it. <laughs> but that was as soon as it started playing, I was like, oh, where do I know this from? Oh, those cruise line
0: commercials.
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah, I
0: don't know where I know it from, but it was not there.
1: Uh, so now you have finally seen Big Spender as Fosse intended it, which is amazing. So
3: Holy shit. Right. Well,
1: I mean, we'll get we'll talk a bit more about it when we get there, but that that number is fascinating to me. Yeah. Um, so how about that cast?
0: Yeah, it was just, I mean, we all just were just gasps, like
3: right, right, all right in a row. I mean, it was yeah, yeah. I mean, Charlotte MacLaine, of course, which we already talked about, but uh, Ricardo Montalban yep. comes in, and this is—I looked it up. This is between uh, a lot of his like his TV stuff, which is kind of where he got his start, right? Um, you know, this is post Star Trek TV series, yeah. um, but before Fantasy Island. Um. Yeah, and, Fun and, to
1: see I. and yeah, yeah,
3: yeah, and all of the. Then you know he did like the Star Trek movie, uh, the Wrath of Khan, and um, there's one other big one I was thinking of from the '80s. But anyway, when I think of him, I think of him as the like '80s Khan,
2: yeah. Ricardo yeah, yeah.
3: and yeah. so seeing him here, I was like, oh, you're young and like kind of hot. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and did you? It was a brief moment well, when he his doesn't shirt, have a shirt was. On? On
3: right. He's kinda ripped.
1: <laughs> he's kinda just
3: Yeah yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and the
0: con outfit doesn't do it justice quite as well. Uh, right. Oh well,
1: no, it works
3: for me. It does. <laughs> yeah, I mean,
1: um, Sammy Davis Jr.
3: Yeah. In the one in his one scene. <laughs>
1: but he kills it.
3: I mean he's fucking great. Fucking great, great in it.
1: Ben Vereen's mm-hmm. uh, film debut mm-hmm. as a just a featured dancer. Of course, Fosse must have loved him because. Uh, I wasn't,
0: I'm not familiar with him, but.
1: You will be when we watch Pippin.
3: There's another, he's in another Fosse one,
1: right? uh, I can't think off the top of my head. I mean, he he makes (laughs) an appearance in all that jazz. Okay. Of course. Uh, Oh, okay. he, He would, he became a huge. Song and Dance Man star. And I, can, I mean,
0: I can see why. Cheetah Rivera. <laughs> Cheetah oh, Rivera. Her she's film debut. She's delightful.
1: She was, of course, a big Broadway star already because she originated the role of Anita, made a huge splash. Right. Um, but she had quite the career. I was looking it up. She almost holds the record for the most Tony nominations and wins. She has 10, and I think somebody else has her beat at, like, 11 or 12. Mm-hmm. Two Tonys plus eight more nominations because she won for Anita, and she won for The Rink, which is a different Candor and Eb. Candor and Eb are the guys who wrote Chicago and Cabaret. Yeah. Okay. So. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but damn, she actually played Charity in the tour, in the national tour. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. I, I was like, well, what the hell? What do you know? And, oh, and Kiss the Spider Woman. She won for that. So, uh, and of course, she was in the original cast of Chicago with Gwen Verdon.
3: Gwen Verdon, yeah, yeah, and who did you play in Chicago?
1: She was um Velma.
3: Oh, oh, fuck yeah!
1: Because Gwen Verdon was Roxie, right, right, right. Yeah, for sure. And so the the two of them. Picture the two of them doing the hot honey rag at the end.
3: That's gonna be amazing,
1: right? Like I said, I need a time machine, please.
3: I know it's gonna be really interesting when we when we watch Chicago watch because like watching how things in this track to things in that. Because
1: then you get Renee Zellweger as your Gwyn Verdon analog.
3: Can you imagine that? It's weird. Yeah. She's the weakest part of that movie, really. Yes,
1: I completely agree.
3: But um, like watching, like uh, um, watching, Hey Big Spender. I was like, all of this unlocks everything that we're gonna see because, like, the cell block tango and all that shit. Uh-huh. That I was just like, oh, it's actually
0: funny that you say that. I haven't seen Chicago the oh, okay. movie. Oh, we we've talked about that. I mean, that's yeah. we kind of we intentionally have put, it off, have put it off because yeah. we wanted to do it. In the timeline of this run, but watching Big Spender tonight, mm-hmm. like I, I even kind of made that connection just from what I know of the movie yeah. Chicago. It's like this seems familiar in a way <laughs> that, like, yeah. So I'm curious to be able to put those together having seen this one first.
2: Bit by bit, putting it together.
1: So, So, like, you can see Pajama Game is starting to... We got hints (laughs) of it. There's
3: part... uh, Which part was... Oh, it's in the uh, Sammy Davis Jr. song where they do the thing with the, well, not Pajama Game, uh, Damn Yankees, with the, the, Gwen, uh, the Gwen Verdon thing with, like, the leg yeah. tilted yeah. up, and <laughs> yeah. they're, like, dragging the, the women along. Yeah, None yeah, of that. that made
1: sense to somebody who couldn't track you. So what you're referring to is... The
3: end of, um... Who's in got
1: the, Rhythm of Life, the Sammy Davis Jr. number, there is an entrance where they are grabbing people who are in the same pose yes. as Gwen was in at the end of Who's Got the Pain mm-hmm. in Damn right. Yankees. Putting that and all together. But there's, like...
3: A Half dozen of them, yeah. It's not just just like one. There's like, he's like, Oh, you like, you thought it was cool when we did it with one? Here's like five of them, (laughs)
1: yes. Um, but you can track Pajama Game. Like, there is a a quote I read in the biography of at the time of like Pajama Game and Damn Yankees, and even through like Redhead, which he did on Broadway, and New Girl in Town. his, His choreography was still could still be big and lusty, right? You can even mm-hmm. see it a little bit in something better than this. And yeah. And I'm a brass band. Like, big, jumpy stuff. But you start to see with Sweet Charity that he's starting to hone it down mm-hmm. into into gesture and minimalize it to such an extent that, yeah. So this is the first time we get the fossy Smotch, the, the amoeba, mm-hmm. where it's just this weird pulsating group sort of <laughs> yeah. like undulating across the stage in Big Spender. Yeah. Oh, but we didn't even finish with the cast, did we? Oh, and Stubby K.
3: Stubby K.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: The original Nicely Nicely Johnson. Both like we in...
0: talked about, I, I wouldn't have made the connection, but once you pointed it out I was like, yeah, yeah. I, I totally see it.
1: Yeah. Both Broadway and the movie, so if you're wondering who Stubby K is, watch the movie. I don't <sighs> recommend it for a lot of reasons, but you do get to see Stubby K. <laughs>
3: What oh Guys, and, guys dolls. and Dolls. I recommend it. I love that movie.
1: Uh, I don't recommend it simply because
3: Well, because Marlon Brando can't sing. <laughs> yes. yeah. Yeah. And Gene there Simmons
1: is, is an interesting choice for Sarah Brown. Yeah. Like the problem is that the two main romantic leads, like, never yeah. mind. Let's just focus over here on Adelaide and Nathan. Okay, I, Shall I we agree do that? with you,
3: but I still love it. Oh I think, yeah.
1: You still get to see the Crapshooter's Ballet, and that's really all I care about.
3: Right. And then uh, just watch it and then go listen to the cast recording from the revival in the 90s that Mm. is with like Peter Gallagher and Nathan Lane. It's fucking wonderful. That's the version that I know really well. And one day we'll cover Guys and Dolls and we'll talk about that. But but, uh, yeah, I I fucking love that so much. And so it drives me crazy when I do watch like Guys and Dolls because I go like, but no, it's supposed to sound like this. But good though. (laughs)
1: Yeah, yeah. Et cetera, et, cetera, et cetera. All right, so let's talk about this. Um, what were your sort of responses to the movie to the character? I know that obviously you love the dancing, but it's a weird movie.
0: It is a weird movie, yeah. Uh, you, you look like you had something on your mind.
3: Not really. Kind of like, I don't like the dude. Uh, Oscar? Uh, Oscar. He's, I, like, I liked Charity, um for the most part like I was kind of like oh, okay she's like kind of a little um flitty and like whatever but like she's fine and like I'm I'm down with her but then Oscar was just kind of like like on their first date when he's just like talking art at her and I was just like oh she just desperately wants to be in love with somebody and it kind of doesn't matter because, like, they freeze frame on when he's at the statue and she has like this glare at yeah. him. That I was like, oh, this is going to be a horrible date. And then by the end of it, she's like, oh, I love him or whatever. Uh, see, I
1: don't see that look as a glare, as it more as a what are you? I have no reference. <laughs> yeah,
3: it seems more con- like confused. Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, see, me, to me that was like, oh, this is a, a terrible moment in my life right yeah.
1: now. <laughs> no, see, I think it's a lot more. I don't have a frame of reference for somebody just talking art at me and not well, trying to put their hand like, on my dress.
0: Yeah, like that whole date was just a series of her expectations, like what she, you know, she was like the monologue of her. Uh, I did like at, that. At yeah. lunch when she's like, oh, he's, you know, he's, he's going to play the I forgot my wallet and make me pay for it. And it was like those kind of kept getting subverted. And uh, that was kind of what that look to me meant. It was like it was a new, like, not necessarily new experience, but it wasn't the oh. way she planned things out. Like, it was a new you, yeah. experience. she like, like yeah, didn't know what to do with He's it. just
1: having a conversation with her with no ulterior motives other than yeah. the... And she's just looking at him like, I don't understand yeah. what's happening. I don't even know if I like it. Like, there's also that, like, this has never happened to me before, and I'm not sure I like being in the dark. Yeah. Like, what happens next? I don't know. Um, yeah. It's a classic Fosse property in that he, at this point, he was really just wanting to find stories that were he felt were more honest about the fact that life sucked. He had a real—I mean, we know this, right? He had a dark view of life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, um, by this point, yeah, he was on the—he was on the pills, hard. Uh, when did he? When did he first get on the pills? Oh, uh, when he got handed the directing job. It was before then, but that sort of cinched it because uh, he, it was Redhead, which was two after Damn Yankees. Yeah, he was using the the amphetamines to bring him up and the second all to take him down. And because of the amphetamines, he would not stop. And he just drove his chorus and became, remember in previous Episodes I talked about how his choruses loved him. He was so kind. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, he turned into one of those people. Not
3: so much anymore. Well. He became Jerome Robbins.
1: Jazz hands. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Jerome Robbins did West Side Story, and that's when Fosse went, well, shit. (laughs) I suck. Look at what he's making. I need to be more like him. And look, musical theater can tell... A dramatic, tragic story. Yeah. There's no reason not to. So when they went looking for charity, he was obviously drawn to the gritty, underbelly, seediness yeah. of it all. And that's pretty much all we're going to get from here on out. I think we know that, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Based, yeah. The ones I have seen,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait
0: well, right. until next week. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, what do you think of the ending?
0: So I actually... <sighs> At first I was like, "Oh, that's kind of a bummer." Like cause just the way that, you know, I thought that it was going to end right after he, you know, he calls it off and says, "Please, you know, runs away and says, "Please forgive me." Um, but I do like the end, like the end title or the end card of like Hopefully Ever After, like Yeah. I th- I like that like nice little twist kind of to make it not so shitty. <laughs> like
1: I mean, it's still kind of shitty. She doesn't oh. have a job or a place to live, or really any right. prospects.
3: So, if you didn't watch the movie, and uh, she basically she's a taxi dancer, uh, dances at this nightclub with a uh, charity is dances with these men that come in and buy dances and are always trying to like hook up with her uh, and the other dancers in very aggressive ways.
1: Like this is a weird.
3: This is, this thing is a thing that doesn't oh, exist anymore. It's yeah. really strange.
1: Lonely men just wanting company. Mm-hmm. Social hostess was also another word that was used. Yep. And and so they would pay for a dance and maybe more. And if they liked the girl, pay for drinks. And she'd get part of the take. And what they negotiated after the club closed was up to them.
3: Mm-hmm. Right. So she's doing this. Um, she's had a bad relationship before. All this stuff happens, and it's not really worth. There's, I mean, we'll come back to. Yeah, it starts
0: with one bad relate, like the end of one bad relationship, and you're led to believe that that's just one long string string of of other bad relationships. So
3: um, she meets this. uh, She's trying. Oh, she decides she's going to try to find a um, you know respectable job or whatever. Um, after a really wonderful number with her and Cheetah Rivera and the other woman that I don't know,
1: um who's Paula, also great. Paula, I can't remember her last name. Yeah, but Mickey um, and Helene.
3: Yep. Yeah. And um so she goes to a uh like employment agency type thing and things go poorly and she gets on the elevator to leave and she meets this guy, Oscar. They get stuck in the elevator together. Um they kind of have a weird time, and then he asks her out after all of this uh, comedy ensues, and then uh,
1: wait—it's a great line because it's a Neil Simon. It Simon's. is, but we're gonna
3: come back. To yeah, it. but
1: I gotta say the lines. I can tell you're trying to ask me something, but you gotta give me a better. <laughs> <hint>. Yes, <Yeah.
3: laughs> yeah. It's great. Um, so they go out, uh, and, and, get together. And then she's lying to him saying that she works in a bank, which was the line that she had used, the, the thing she had said before that she wanted to do. And, um, he believes her. Then he finds out that it's not true, but she doesn't know that he knows. And then she tells him and, um, this is before he asked her to marry him. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then he asks her to marry him. And then they go to this thing at uh, the dance hall and that's when he's just like, oh, this is a whole world I don't know and understand and all this has been sort of something that I don't really, like, it hasn't been a real thing, I think, to him until he meets all yeah. of the other women there and everybody else. Yeah. And uh, that's when he kind of realizes, like, oh shit, this is like a real thing. This is like this existed, and it's not just something that like I can blow off as being always part of your history. I actually have to deal with it, and he's not equipped to deal with it. And so, as they're signing their uh, their like marriage license, basically, he's like, "Yep, can't marry you." Peace out, and he and he leaves, and that's the last time you see him. And then um, it ends with her calling um, the the um, well, just a little before that, but like the last big emotional beat really is her calling. Um, to the dance hall and talking to the girls, and basically having a goodbye talk with them. Um, and well, she's, they also she's s-
1: trying to call to say that it went wrong, but before she can say anything, they're like, "Oh my god, we're so happy for you!" And she just plays yeah, along she like, like she always it. does.
3: Yeah. So um, yeah, they. She goes, yeah, sure. And she's, like, in tears in this phone booth. And it's really... It's a really good scene. Yeah. Um. Then it cuts to her back at the park at the same bridge <laughs> that we've seen multiple times now. And uh, there's these, fl- this like, flower children come by and, like, do some weird shit with her. And then she just kind of walks off. And it's, like, hopefully ever after. Yeah. So, um... It's a real—I don't know—it's a real bittersweet kind of ending. Yeah.
1: Well, it's based on a Fellini movie.
3: If, yep. it, if it had ended, if it had ended at the phone call, I think I would have felt very differently. I like the fact that they like we need like a coda to show that like everything isn't the worst for her. That's, her. that's how I feel. Well, yeah
1: i'm gonna I'm gonna push back on that. It is still the worst, but what we need is a coda to see that charity, like she always does shakes it off
0: yeah, that's that's more where I was headed. like it's yeah, everything like everything is still shitty. I mean, it's just the next day and she has the light of day and a little to, a little time to have you know she slept on it basically, but it was it looked to me that she had kind of become you know found the resolve to just like continue on like she had. Yeah, like, at yeah, least yeah. it gave you that rather than just like ending on like the sad phone call and like you don't know exactly what's, what happens after that. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. that's kind of what I meant. Is like it's not that like everything's fine now, uh, but it's like, hey, you know, this sucks, but like still got to keep going on. I still got to like live my fucking life. You yeah. Know? Well,
1: not to, not even just that. She is like she is re. She will always be somebody who will leap in with both feet. Yeah. Right. She desperately wants, and her line to Oscar is heartbreaking. I have so much to give, please just let me give it to you.
2: Yeah.
1: Like, she doesn't even care if he's worthy of it. Mm Mm-hmm. Because he's kind of not. Like, he's not a bad guy, but realistically, what kind of life would you really have with him?
3: I just, I think I just don't really care for that character because, like, It's hard to really, he doesn't have much of a character, honestly. No. He's just kind of blank most of the time.
1: Well, but that's kind of the point. No, 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 I get
3: that. He's
1: not, he's not a bad guy. Like, she's had a string of shitty guys. And so here's a man. Yeah, by
0: comparison.
1: Here's a man who, under normal circumstances, you'd be like, no, he's neurotic. Uh, he's weird. He's pathologically shy. He's OCD about uh, actuarial like tables yeah. and shit. Like this is not. He's not a winner. He's not a keeper. Yeah. But her choices have been so shitty that this looks like fucking Prince Charming. I think it's actually very smart to like. It's a it's a more dramatic choice to make him not actually a great guy. He's yeah. just. A guy who's not awful.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> I, I, yeah. Yeah. I, I think I love. I don't know who the guy who the actor is.
1: That's John McMartin. Um. He's very charming. And I yeah. Like I was him. gonna say like
0: I agree. Like his character is kind of milk toast. Like it's just you know it is what it is. Like he's neurotic and like all these things that make him not unlikable, but like clearly not like a catch. But I love the way that the that he played him. Oh, and he's particularly he's in the funny. elevator scene. And like it's a great way to introduce the, the character.
3: elevator scene is his really his yeah. shining moment. Like
1: It's a Neil Simon script. And yeah, You can see it all over because yeah. the dialogue is funny.
3: Yeah, it's great. Yeah, for sure. Uh he's like yeah, that one scene in the elevator is probably the one where I was like Yeah, I get I get him. Like I like it and like he's a little offbeat and like She's gonna relate to like, hey, here's this other kind of kind of a little fucked up person.
1: Well they're two losers. <laughs>
3: yeah. But then they don't I don't know, I just he kinda just like that was his. Yeah, the, kind I, of. Yeah, really, it's like the peak. And, and it's then, just pretty. Although it was really funny when uh, they at the end of their first date, um, when they're at the subway. He's taking her to the subway because she's lied and said she lives uh, in where, Brooklyn, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. where she works at a uh, bank. Uh, and then um, they're saying goodbye through through like the the um,
1: the great the bars the divider,
3: bars yeah sort of. It's late. The the bars um, on either side of the of the like turnstiles, um, and she is uh, oh she pushes her face forward and he grabs her hand and kisses it and then runs off and I was just like all right you fucking weirdo and yeah. then like she gets on the she like goes onto the subway car and she goes I guess he's nice for a weirdo <laughs> <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs>
1: yeah I like the I like the one of my favorite lines is in the elevator scene because it builds. Neil Simon really knows how to build laugh upon laugh until it's like, "What's your name, Oscar? You know, where do you live in an elevator?" (laughs) Yeah, that always kills me. It's just great.
0: Yeah, the delivery and everything. I also love that that scene too. Just while we're on it, the elevator. I I loved the way that it was shot um, because it moved like throughout the scene. It kind of Moves around them, like, and and as it moves around them, the wall that was gone to film through reappears. And so, like, just at you know, the way that they shot, I just loved how it was black, like, you know, com- like just black around the walls, and there was just like one wall missing. And yes, it was really cool, just the way that it was
3: the elevator, circling them. The yes, the elevator scene is shot like the whole movie. This is the first time we've seen a movie shot, a musical. In this chronology shot this way, yeah. Um, and it's shot like a movie, uh, uh-huh. <laughs> and not like a stage uh, thing, just put like filmed. Um, like in a way, it, we saw a little bit of that in, um, like we talked about it a bit in Pajama Game and kind of the, yeah. the way they were a little more kinetic with the camera. But this movie is definitely one where they do, um, they're actually like Fossey's actually trying to use the medium. And there's a whole bunch of cool shit that he does camera wise, but it really comes to a head, like you said, in the in the elevator, where it's just like there's a bunch, close ups, it's getting you, making you feel real fucking claustrophobic in there with them. Um, but then, yeah, they have the whole thing of like, oh, we're shot from this side and we're shot from this side. And usually, if you're if you're going to be shooting like that, you're shooting from the same side and there's always just this wall right. missing but like you said it's it's so fucking cool how they do that. Yeah.
1: Uh, the cinematographer was Robert Surtees and he got the job and Fosse of course basically fell in love with him and Surtees Fosse was willing like Fosse admitted what he didn't know and Surtees was like well here let me show you and Fosse was wanting to experiment wildly. and Certes is like, you're going to let me do crazy ass yeah. shit. I'm on board. And so yeah, the the color filters and the crazy angles, the
3: weird, all the stills, the random, yeah, yeah, the stills. The um, well, some are like photograph stills, and some are just like freeze frames. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and it's nobody shoots movies like this now <laughs> either. Right? right. It's it's a okay. It's very late 60s yeah oh yeah um very much like just even the style of it and like the zooms and stuff like that is all all super 60s um so you don't really see that style anymore but also they're doing a lot of just real weird experimental stuff that it's like nobody really did this
1: even then really yeah
3: nobody well even after this like it's not like this started some new thing either because it is very like sort of revolutionary what they're doing but then like Nobody else picked it up either.
1: <laughs> Remember, first time film director.
3: But like, it's awesome. Why didn't people do this?
0: Yeah, and I mean, no, like knowing that going in, it was it was interesting to see. It felt to me like there there was a huge jump in just like. I feel like this was much more his than anything before it. Like obviously, Absolutely. all of the dances were his. Like all the numbers and the choreography were his. But like, this felt like a much more complete. Like we talked about, like the the club, uh, the Pompeii. Club or whatever it is, like that one is just like living inside his head.
1: That, the like, name of that number, very famous number, is The Rich Man's Frug. Okay, there, and it's that in one. three parts, it is in
3: three parts, yeah. and it's fucking awesome. Okay. We might as well just get into it, into yeah. That number, because what's so cool about that is it's not that they walk in and then there's a musical number, it's that they walk in and Everything like when the musical number happens, you're like, Of course it does, like it just feels very natural. It's because everything talk- that's been set up and the way everybody's standing, you're like, And then you hear the uh, the like music cue for it, and you're like, Yep, bossy shit's about <laughs> to happen. And then they like go through the then, uh, Charlotte comes through the door, and you kind of see the way everybody's posed
1: with their crazy hair and their outfits and their weird poses and then they're walking by in strange ways. Yeah. Like, just their inhabiting of the club is already so odd that when the frug happens, yeah.
3: yeah. It's is just what else like, would happen right now.
1: <laughs> this is clearly what happens here.
3: It's... For being the weirdest sequence in the movie, it also is like the most natural progression.
2: Of
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's like once you buy into that initial weirdness, you're like, "Well, yeah, of course, that's what's going to happen next." I
1: mean, that woman just walked by with a chandelier. Her hair,
0: <laughs>
3: yeah,
1: her hair turned. Someone into walked a by chandelier. with like her,
0: an earring slash necklace combo, <laughs> like a and beard, then a, of, and then her of hair was made into a chandelier. Yeah, you're like, yeah. of course, yeah. what else wouldn't happen here?
1: This this is clearly what we do here. I love it. I love that number. And what
0: were the three parts called? It's
1: The first one is The Aloof. That's right. Right, because they're all very... mm. Mm -hmm. Uh, The second one is...
0: It's like The Heavyweight or something. The Heavyweight, heavyweight. that's
1: it. And then the last one is The Big Finish.
3: Big Finish, that's right, yeah. I don't even know how to break those down. (laughs) Well... They all kind of merge together in my mind because this is a long movie. um, And so it's hard to now, having only seen it the one time, to like...
1: Well the first one is the girls walking in at a forty five degree angle, feet first, torso. Looking like they're
3: about to like, yeah. slide across the floor. Arms <laughs> I, hanging
1: down behind their back.
3: Yeah.
1: Like Fosse broke bodies. <laughs> he really yeah. like uh, you know what I'd like is just to have your arms go this way that's very uncomfortable so the like, women what comes, feels natural
0: do the opposite of comes that just
1: sliding in like that and the men are up on their tiptoes kind of bit forward with their hand at their waist and then bobbling their little heads yeah, while it's just, smoking a cigarette
0: it was like the caricature of like what you'd like you'd expect a like a butler in you know with like a suit and, like a yeah. suit and tails. Like the, the pose you'd expect to see, but like but all a caricature of it. Yeah, but they're all kind of like mods. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: and that one especially is very much about the small movements. The head bob. Because like, uh, it's a main trio in the middle and surrounded mm-hmm. of a lot of stillness. And then the, the main female dancer is just doing all these wrist isolations mm-hmm. and shoulders. And everything else is very still. And everybody's got a blank face. Yep. And then the heavyweight was the dance move that you love, where they're <laughs> yeah.
0: foreheads, foreheads, touching. foreheads are, touching. There's a lot of, like, punching in this one.
1: Yeah, the, the heavyweight, there's a lot of punch no, punching up.
0: And, like, the boxing bell, like, mm-hmm. to signify. Yeah. And
1: they're, they're touching foreheads in couples, and they're doing this sort of synchronized punching at each other. One, two, three, then freeze, and then just... A chest contraction, like they everybody got gut punched at the same time. Yeah. it looks so great.
3: It's weird because they like contract their chest and thrust their hips forward at the same yeah. time. It's really weird. <laughs>
1: and there's a lot of small Fosse like hip isolation. It's Just like I'm just going to pelvic pelvic thrust here, but it doesn't look sexual because yeah. that's no. It's, it's so
0: f- small. Yeah, yeah.
1: But there's it's such a weird thing that Fosse would take such a sexual move and yet. Every time he uses it, you're like, it's even when it's in a more overtly sexual way, like you'll see in Pippin, it's never sexy. It's yeah. kind of off putting or just clinical. Yeah. He had a Those very fucked up Those are two great sex. terms for yeah. it. <laughs> and then, of course, the big finish is when things get a lot bigger and yeah. wilder as they're dancing around. You get Ben Vereen leaping up. Whoa, oh, that's where he's
3: just like all splits all day. Yeah. yeah. And he just like, yeah, just flies onto the stage and lands in splits.
1: And then swoops up and then does another one. Yeah.
3: yeah. Um, is this the one, is the big finish where they're all, that's where they're on the line, right? They're all like lined up.
1: I don't know what you mean.
3: Literally everybody on the stage is in one line. They, I they do like, that. I like mean, where that's, they're front to back, like, or like, you know.
1: That's how they end of the, other. the heavyweight. Is Maybe it's all oh, it's, it's, it's
3: like where they're doing like the, Yes. Yeah. It's the end of the heavyweight where she like punched them and they all like fall down. Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. I,
1: I thought I would, I thought that's where you were at. Yeah. So I had to just <laughs> back that up. Um, yeah. Yeah. The Rich Man's Fruit. Everybody everybody loves that one.
3: It's awesome. Um, I also love watching Charlotte McLean in in the club. She's really great um, when she's just like surprised and like in this world that she doesn't know or understand at all. Um, and she's just kind of like, oh, I could eat a horse. And then she opens the thing. She's like, just kidding. I'm like, I didn't mean it or whatever. And then she doesn't eat the food, which kind of drove me crazy. Uh, and then she, cause I didn't think about it until they get back to his place. And he's like, I have all this food. I was like, but what about the food at the yeah. other place? Well,
1: he put it down. He's like, come, let's dance. Yeah. Well, I appreciate she is truly an innocent Truly. She enters this world and she doesn't even think to feel awkward about it, to feel out of place. I mean, she's looking around like, wow, I've never been in a place like this, but it doesn't occur to her to to not enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Um, And here she is, she gets this movie star who's willing to wine and dine her, and she misses her chance to make it romantic. There was a brief moment there where it could have been romantic, but like... That's not who she is, and she's not a grasping, greedy person, like, oh, give me a fur coat. Oh, give me money. Oh, let's have sex, and, and you pay me for it. In fact, when he tries to give her money for a cab, she's like, no, 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 yeah, no. Yeah, like, you have
0: already given me so much. Like,
1: No, you gave me a hat and a cane and a picture. What more could I want? <laughs> like, that's what's so charming about her is she... Uh, Oscar wants her to be innocent and pure. She's also had sex, and that's what he can't get over. So, listeners, as has become the norm, we're going to pause at this point and break this episode into two. So join us next week as we continue with our discussion of Sweet Charity as part of our continuing Bossypocalypse.
0: Break music tribe. Break music tribe. Break tribe.
2: We hope you enjoyed our film fixation. We'll see you next time on a real education.